right, so we're, we're on week number four of a teaching series called Psalm 23, His Voice in My Valley. And it's a season of studying God's Word, studying this chapter of Scripture. And what I'm hoping that happens in all of us as we, as we go through this and study and dig is that we will at least, if nothing else, grow in our understanding that we as Christians, we as believers, are the sheep of a very good shepherd. How many of you, how many of you have uh, started memorizing this verse? Remember, that's a challenge. We put two challenges on you, that you would memorize Psalm 23, the whole chapter, and that you would begin soap journaling. If you don't know what we're talking about there, go back and listen to week one. I explain all that. And uh, we truly do want to grab um, the greatest understanding that the Lord is our shepherd that we can. If you want to write down a title for this message, I want you to write down my hero. Okay, my hero. We, for week one was my shepherd. Week two, my soul. Week three was my thirst. And this week, I want you to write down my hero. And I'm going to give you this whole sermon in one sentence so that you'll have a strong takeaway in case you nod off. Or... A good shepherd helps his sheep get back on their feet. And I want to, go ahead, I want to tell you right off the bat tonight that that he restores my soul. This, this message ultimately is about repentance, okay? And then this is one of, the, one of the few topics that are preached about in church anymore. And I'm not gonna do any hellfire and brimstone stuff and, and have everybody rolling on the floor at the end of the message or anything like that. But I want you to know going into this as we move a little further into this message, that this message is about repentance. It's about change. In fact, that word restore, he restores my soul, that word restore means to turn. It means to return, means to turn back. And I didn't know this, but I learned it this week. That word for restore literally just means this, again. That's what it means, again. He restores my soul. He returns my soul. He puts it back again to where it was before. I want you to keep that in mind, that he puts our soul back again to where it was before and to keep this short and sweet tonight, let me go ahead and give you my first point. It is this. Sheep tend to turn away. So write that down. Sheep tend to turn away. And we talked about this verse in Isaiah 53, verse 6, a couple of weeks ago, where it says that we, like sheep, have all gone astray. Some of your translations say, have wandered. We, like sheep, have all wandered off. We've, we've gone astray at one point or another. It says each has turned to our own way. All of us, like sheep, have gone in a direction that we thought was best. That's why we lift this book up every week. We're saying, Lord, we don't want, we don't want to go our own direction. There's, a, there's another psalm, and I may look at it here in a few minutes, where David literally prays. He said, he says, I, I want to follow your commandments. I am, I'm following you with everything I, I have. And then he requests, don't let me stray from your commands. And he's praying that because he knows we have the tendency to stray. We have, we're prone to wonder, like that old hymn says. We're prone to wonder. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us have turned to our, old, uh, to our own way. And listen to me, anytime a sheep, we've been talking about how I have, I have sheep. My wife and I have sheep. We have 10 sheep at our house. Anytime a sheep tries to go in its own direction to lead itself, to do something that it, it thinks is wise, it thinks is smart, it's always bad news. It always ends up bad. 
I mean, you see pictures of, in fact, I've got some pictures. I've got some pictures. Look at that. You see that? No, turn off some lights so we can see that. You probably can't see it very well. But it's not good. But this is a sheep that somehow was able to worm its way into a thicket, a thorny thicket, and is not able to get out. Okay, now, why would he do that? You know, you're thinking, why would you go in there? Did you not see that you wouldn't be able to get out? But this is an example of a sheep that just that decided to do its own thing, to take its own way, and most likely, his shepherd is nowhere near, okay? And this is the condition that he's in. Again, you can't see it very well. What's, what's the next one? I have a few of these. Okay, if you look at this, can y'all tell what that is? This is a sheep that decided to go get in a boggy water, I don't know, maybe like in the morning time or something when the water was... I don't know, but now he's literally stuck in that dried up creek bed out in the middle of a desert. Look at that. Doesn't that look pathetic? (laughs) Seriously, what part of that did he think was going to work out okay? But this sheep or her, it could be a, a girl, I suppose. Okay, what's another one? Look at that. I wish you guys could see this really clear. You could look up funny sheep stuff like this, but this... This sheep is up in this crag of the rocks. I mean, this, this place that it's like, how did he even get up there? I guess he kind of worked, moseyed his way up, her way up, to the point where he's got to have rescuers. She's got to have rescuers come and get her. And I wished I could see the full picture. There's no telling how high up this sheep is, how long it took to get there, how much work it was to get herself into that place. You guys <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? Uh, I think we have one more. How does that even happen? How did that sheep jump from the the cleft of those rocks or from the top of those rocks down to that without slipping and sliding? You know what I mean? You almost feel like that was staged, but you know what? It wasn't. That sheep, that's where that sheep was. I could sit there and stare at that all day. This is what happens when a sheep decides to go its own way. When a sheep decides that its way is better than the shepherd's way, that where it wants to go is better than the place or the direction the shepherd goes. It always ends badly. They get stuck in something. They fall off cliffs. That's very common for a sheep to fall off cliffs, for you to see a dead sheep at the bottom of a ravine. Because just wander it and just falls. I mean, they can wander and they can even find themselves in a place where they're eating things, poisonous plants that wouldn't have been in their pasture that the shepherd had for them. And then just croaked. You know, they look good. They feel fine. They didn't fall off a cliff. They're not stuck in any. Why did they die? It's because they probably ate something that was poisonous. And they thought it was a good idea to to wander off, to take off. And it ended badly. You guys, like I said, we have sheep. And I've been talking about Ramuel. Ramuel, get it? Ram. He's a ram. He's a male. He's a ram. Y'all get it? Samuel, but Ramuel. Anyway, Ramuel's dead. We've, we've been eating him. Um, very, very, very good sheep meat. <laughs> One time, Ramuel decided, see, we have this barn, and, and we keep our feet in the barn, and we have, we have locks on the, uh, we have gates and all these things in, and, and, uh, and it keeps them out. But early on, not too long after we got our sheep, Ramuel, decides that he was going to figure out a way to get, I don't even know how he got in there, but he figured out a way to get into our barn, toppled over our feed, and just had himself a heyday on our feed. 
Now, if you know anything about that, he, he, ate, some, um, he ate some of his feet, which is just kind of an all stock, good for him stuff. He ate some of his. He ate all of the chicken scratch for our chickens. All of it. You guys know what chicken scratch is? The little bird seed looking stuff? He ate some of the chicken pellets, but I guess he didn't like that that much. He was really into the chicken scratch. And he ended up getting what's called the bloat. He ate so much that he was just, I mean, remember how big he was? He was just like this barrel of something, you know? And he, he just he could barely move, you know? And he's like a year old, so he's not an old man. He was, had the bloat, and he was just miserable, and he couldn't move. He wouldn't get up. We tried to push him around. He wouldn't get up. He decided that his way, well, I'm going to go past that barrier. I'm going to break through that thing that was to keep me safe. And he ended up getting the bloat, and the bloat can kill him. And I had to come up with, I had to do everything. I called a vet. I, did, I came up with this concoction of Pepto-Bismol. You can use Pepto on a sheep. <laughs> Pepto-Bismol, um, olive oil, and I guess it was just water. And it was just pink stuff, and I had to get him, and I had to drench it into him several times over the course of a couple of days. And you guys... When it started working out, working itself out, it was rough. <laughs> it was really rough. When we got our sheep, um, they were nice and healthy. In fact, I came across a video the other day of when they were, when um, our ewes had their lambs. And they were just nice and thick and, and their coats were heavy and really good hair. And, and um, um, over the course of months... Of course, they were pregnant, and I told you a couple weeks ago that, um, um, that they became wormy. Some of them, not all of them, became wormy. And uh, there's really two reasons for that. Part of it is because I missed my worm dates. But there are plenty of sheep farmers, you know what I mean? I forgot to worm them. But there are plenty of farmers and, and sheep herder shepherds that don't worm their sheep at all. They have, they have plenty of pasture, and they're like, we don't have to do that. And they can rotate and stuff. Well, I had two pastures that they had plenty of access to, but they would not. I would literally say, come on, and walk them down to the, the very farthest part of our pasture where there's grass everywhere. I mean, thick, green grass. And they would eat for a few minutes, and I would walk back, and they would you know, be out there for a few minutes, but they end up back at the barn where the, where the grass is really short. And when they eat short grass, it's close to their waist. Last time I said poop, and I thought, I won't say that word again at church. <laughs> Wait, I just did. <laughs> anyway, they eat close to their poop, and they get worms, and so they became wormy. But part of it is because, look, here's the grass. Here's where I've led you. Here's what I have provided for you. You have this full pasture. You have this full pasture. And because of that, they got wormy. And one of them in particular got very sick. And listen, to this day, that decision that she made, and I'll take a little bit of responsibility, but not all of it, that decision that she made has made her very unhealthy. I'm having such a hard time putting weight back on her. And she's feisty and she, she seems okay, but she looks terrible. And when they get wormy, if they go long enough and it, you know, they, um, their hair will become real coarse instead of soft, you know, and it won't be thick, but it'll be real coarse and short. And she looks terrible. And it's like, man, and all, for me as a shepherd, all I want is for her to be back to the way I got her again. You hear what I'm saying? I just want to restore her 
back to where she was. And you've heard me talk about some of the things that I've done. I've created a paddock and I've gotten him away from, you know, I'm doing this whole thing, everything I can. And I've wormed him and I've done everything that I can to get her healthy again. That's what's on my heart is to get her healthy again, to restore her soul. And when I say soul, remember she was miserable. I think I told you guys she was miserable. And again, she's a little feisty now, but she's got to know that she's thin. She's got two lambs still on her, barely producing enough milk. She's, she's terrible. It's terrible. And this is, what you, this is where you get yourself. And all I want to do, all I want to see as her shepherd is her restored. I'm doing everything that I can. I was thinking, actually, just this morning I was out um, doing a little bit of um, preparing. And I even thought about um, our lambs. Now, our big ones didn't do this, but our, when we had lambs, they were small and, and they would go out to the pasture and they would crawl through our white, we have white piped fence and they would crawl through there. And you think, oh, that's so cute. They can get through the fence. And, but then it kind of gets annoying. And then when you get the sheriff called on you because they're going through the fence out to the road, it becomes a different story. So now, you know, there's an obvious fence right there, but they're going through it. The, the mamas weren't, but the lambs were. They were doing their own thing, young and immature. But they were going through. And so I had to hotwire. I have this big, expensive, white piped fence that I have to run a hotwire just to keep them from getting through. Does that make sense? So I had to add boundaries. And then whenever I recently created this this new paddock, um, they weren't over there that much. Same thing. I thought that I had trained them on that paddock because of the hotwire, but I guess not. Because as soon as they got over here where there wasn't a hot wire around the fence, they got through. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Then I had to run hot wire on that side. I had to do everything I can to keep them in. Because guess what? I don't want them to get out in the street and get run over and get killed. I have plans for those sheep. (laughs) What? (laughs) I'm serious. They're going to die. Okay. (laughs) Right? They're going to die, but I don't want them to die in any other way or any other timing than what I have (laughs) ordained for them. Isn't it the same with the Lord? (laughs) I suppose that is kind of funny, isn't it? What was I saying? No, I'm not done with this point. Seriously, though, think about the, the boundaries that the Lord puts in our life. And, and what are they designed to do? To keep us from death. Some of the laws keep us from physical death, but they're all designed to keep us from spiritual death. And I told you about Psalm 119, verse 10 earlier. And, and listen, we're believers and we're here and we're at church and we love God with all of our heart. It's your breath and not our lungs and we pour out. You know, we're into it. Just like David, he says, with all my heart I have sought you, Lord. But don't let me wander from your commandments. That's what he says next. Why, did, why would he say that? Because he knows that we're prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Don't let me Wonder. Don't let me stray from your commandments. What are his commandments? Those boundaries that he puts in our lives that he knows best. He's the good shepherd. He knows the hot wires to put up. He knows the fence. He knows where to store our feed. He knows where the green pastures are. He knows what poisonous plants to pull. He knows these things. 
And he puts those boundaries or those commandments, those, those laws in front of us. And even though our desire is to thrive, to flourish, like a sheep with a good shepherd, the truth is, the reality is, is that we're prone to wander from those commandments. And I thought about, you know, in our lives, even as believers, and I know I'm primarily talking to believers tonight, followers of Jesus, people that, that long to serve him and walk. But listen, the truth is, the reality is, is that we do things, we make decisions that take us away from his boundaries, that put us outside his protection. And we find ourselves in the cleft of the rock. We find ourselves at the bottom of a ditch. We find ourselves bloated, filled up on things we should have never eaten. And listen, that is on us because God has clearly laid out his commandments in his word. Do we know them? Most of us in this room do, but we're doing things that are contrary. Why? Because we are trying to go on our own way, like we said. Like sheep, we've gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And you think that David's sitting there as he's writing this psalm, considering all the things that he's done and where he's been. Maybe it's sometime after Bathsheba. Most people believe that he don't, most scholars don't believe that he wrote that while he was out in the pasture shepherding, but sometime later. And he's recalling how God has worked on his life and done all these things in his life. It's like, God, it's like, it's like you're a shepherd and I'm a sheep. And he's, he's recalling, yes, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. But think, he might even be saying that in retrospect. Now I'm lying down in green pastures. But I was out in the (laughs) dried up desert before and he brought me and he took me back and he laid me here. You leave me beside still waters. Now I'm beside still waters. But before maybe I was over here drinking out of this puddle that was full of parasites, hot and stagnant. So maybe when he says, you restore my soul. Maybe that's in response to how he wasn't in green pastures and how he wasn't beside still waters before. But now the Lord is working in his life and he's saying, hey, wow, how you restore my soul, how you've brought me back again. And all of us like sheep have gone astray. All of us have tried to, we, we thought that the grass is greener on the other side of something. Maybe we haven't left the faith, but we've left a moral principle or a standard. You guys hear what I'm saying? Because this, this seems better. This seems more appropriate for my life right now. We've put off something of the Lord and we've gone, we've turned our own way. There's the, really the only word for that would be sin. Because when we are outside of the boundaries that the Lord has for us, we're, we're in sin. We're in sin. All of us like sheep have sinned. Isn't that what we read in Romans? All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. We've sinned. The good news is that we have a shepherd that will, that will jump down on that boulder if he has to. He will string up ropes and he will go out on, into the you know, quicksand, whatever. Whatever he's got to do to bring us back because his only desire is to restore our soul, to restore us back to that place of health. Not just externally, but also internally. We've been talking about that through this series. You guys hear what I'm saying? So it's like this first one, sheep tend to turn away. Remember what I said? He's my hero. A good shepherd helps his sheep get back on their feet. Let me say this. There may be some of you that are Christians in this room, and you've been here, you've been there, you've been outside of his boundaries. 
And you've even, been, you've even known it and you're like, man, I just, ah. Maybe you've even said, I just, I just feel like I need to get back on my feet with the Lord. No problem. This is what he does. A good shepherd helps his sheep get back on their feet. When we turn away, when we do things on purpose to get outside of his boundaries. You with me? And I'll just jump into the second one. The second thing is sheep can be downcast. Sheep can be downcast. I don't know if you can see that very well. That's a funny looking picture. I feel like I need to explain it to you. Some of you think that he's breakdancing, but he's not. How many of you have heard that scripture, Psalm 42, verse 11? It's, it's very, very common. Why so downcast, O my soul? Why are you in despair, O my soul? Now, this is the NASB translation, and that really is a great word to be translated, probably the most accurate. But most of your translations say, why are you so downcast, O my soul? How many of your translations say that? Why are you so downcast, O my soul? And why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him for the help of his presence. I want to just stop and say, listen, this is, let me just explain what it means in sheep terminology to be downcast. A sheep can find itself in that position right there. What happens is is a sheep is... Is he finds a nice, comfortable place that, that is maybe not flat, but maybe is kind of um, dug out a little bit or kind of round, you know what I mean? And he gets in there and he's just laying down. How many of you have ever seen a sheep actually lay down? It's quite the process. If you ever watch them actually lay down to rest, it's like they do all this stuff and they got to, you know, it's because there's they're, they're just pin legs, but they got this big body, you know, so it's like all this whole thing. It's like they got to fold up and then they get there and they're all folded up. And then when they get up, it's like, you know, it's really very, very comical. And so the whole, the whole process of them sitting down, you know, anyway, is, is pretty humorous. But what happens is that if they find themselves in a place that's not flat or, or um, it's kind of dug out, like this comfy spot that they've sought out for themselves, what happens is just, just turning the wrong way, just something, they can, they can the weight will just, whoop, and they'll find themselves on their back. And that's called being cast. A sheep is cast. It's an old, old English term. Okay, in fact, if you, have, if you have the King James Version, yours definitely says, um, why so downcast, oh my soul. And this is, a, this is kind of a picture of, of the condition that someone is because if a sheep has found itself in this position, it's over. Death is on its way if the shepherd doesn't come and find him. It's over. And for a couple of different reasons. For one, he just can't go anywhere. I mean, if nothing else, he finds himself in that position and they're out, maybe out in the fields or whatever, and a wolf or some sort of predator comes along, what's he going to be able to do? He's like, come and get me, you know? He might as well just hand the, hand the wolf the knife. He's just cut me up. Or even if there's not a predator, if a sheep stays in that position long enough, they have what's called a, um, uh, what do they call that, a rumen? Um, I think that's what they call it. They have a couple of stomachs and one is, is where their food goes and they cough it back up there and they chew their cud and they swallow it again and it goes into their stomach. It's kind of a weird thing. You ever heard um, cows and certain animals that can chew their cud? Okay, that, that cud is stored in their rumen at first. Okay, if a sheep, and then they cough it back up and chew it. And if a sheep gets cast, 
If it's cast down like this, what happens because of that position is these strange gases start building up in their rumen. And those gases expand and they literally start um, pushing on areas of their body that will make it hard for them to breathe or cut off circulation and it, it will kill them. You guys see that? So if a sheep finds himself like that, you don't even have to touch them. It doesn't even have to be a predator. They themselves will essentially implode. Isn't that interesting? It's like, wow. So if, if a sheep, I mean, if a shepherd ever sees any of his sheep missing, he's counting them. A shepherd's always counting his sheep, always counting them. Sees one is missing, the first thing he thinks of, oh, they're down somewhere, they're cast. Because that's the most common. It happens all the time. Sheep can get cast. And he will go looking for them. And he, he's, um, when he finds them, he does, even when he finds them, he has to carefully go through a process, turn them over a little bit, let those gases come out. I don't know what that experience is like. I've never done it. And then he helps them to their feet. And if they've been there long enough, they literally won't, because of circulation and things, they literally can't, they can't walk. They can't function. And so the shepherd has to carefully help them until they are able to help them get back on their feet, not just physically, but, but literally to go out. Isn't that a great, a great picture? Why are you in despair? Why are you so downcast, oh my soul? And why have you become disturbed within me? Can you imagine a sheep that is sitting there on its back and finds itself in that position and he's just, meh. There's nothing, I mean, there's nothing that can happen. He's a goner. Another sheep can't help him. You guys see that? Another sheep can't help him. Only the shepherd can relieve that pain. And that sheep would literally, if, she, if it's possible for sheep to be in despair, which I believe it is, that sheep knows, I'm done. I'm a goner. And maybe it does bleed out, you know, meh. But probably not because those gases at some point make it to where it can't even call out. And only the good shepherd who is looking for that lost sheep will come. He goes on to say, hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. You notice that the NAS says, why are you in despair? Let me just show you the, the, the connection to us as believers. Sometimes we're in a condition that it's, it's not, it wasn't birthed in sin. We're just in this place where there's something going on in our life and we're, we're just in despair. Another word that can be inserted here, I think there's a couple of trans, translations that, that translate it depressed. Why are you so depressed? Something that has, that has happened in our life and maybe not something that we did to cause it, but it's just life. You know what I mean? You know, Psalm 23 has been called the nightingale psalm. Everybody know what a nightingale is? It's a type of bird and has this really pretty, um, I don't know what it sounds like, but some sort of, you know, a really pretty song that it sings. And it, and it sings it like at the midnight hour. And so Psalm 23 has been called the nightingale song. Because people need this song, uh, psalm and everything that it represents, everything that it teaches about the sheep and the shepherd, they need that in that despairing moment, in that midnight hour, in that dark time, that dark place. Many of you are going through a, a dark time. You're in a dark place. You may not have put yourself there. You may have put yourself there. 
But regardless, you may be experiencing depression, maybe anxiety, and you're despairing of life. And you need the shepherd to come and to put you back up on your feet again. And he will do it. In fact, he, where is this at? Let me find this. I'm gonna read this to you real quick. Luke 15. Jesus is talking and these tax collectors and sinners were coming close to him to listen to what he was saying. And both the Pharisees and the scribes began to grumble against him, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them because Jesus is talking to, you know, sinners. And, and so Jesus told them this parable. Listen to me. This is Luke 15. You're welcome to turn there. I guess I could read it out of there too. Told them this parable. And he says, what man among you, if he has a hundred sheep and has lost one of them, he wakes up, counts, and not all of them are there. What shepherd, what man has a hundred sheep and has lost one of them does not leave the 99 in the open pasture and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? He's describing a good shepherd. When he has found it, he lays it on its shoulders rejoicing. Lays it on its shoulders. What is that? He, he, he picks the lamb up. And you know why he probably picks it up? Maybe so it'll follow him, but maybe it's because the thing was cast and the blood hasn't come back to his legs yet and it can't walk. Or maybe it was in the thicket and it was so cut up that, it, that it's confused and it's, or maybe it was dehydrated because of how far, whatever, but he picks it up, puts it on his shoulders and starts to carry him. When he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors saying to them, rejoice with me for I have found my sheep which was lost. I tell you that in the same way there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Remember I told you that this was about repentance ultimately. And I will say this, listen to me. I think that there are times in our lives where we make conscious decisions to go outside of God's bounds and there's sin that we need to repent from, like blatant sin. That was a blatant thing that we did. There are other times where life just happens to us. But let me just say real quick, even in that, life just happens to it. There's, there's three reasons why a sheep would be cast. Can I tell you those really quick? We're still gonna take communion, but can I go ahead and tell you those really quick? Three reasons why a sheep would find itself cast down. One is because it's seeking that comfortable spot. Like it's looking for that, that nice, round, comfy spot. I'm gonna get in there. I'm just gonna cuddle up. I'm seeking that comfortable spot. And really, if you wanna start thinking about it, it, for us, it is a picture of the condition of our heart when we are trying to, we are trying to go through life without any kind of trials, any kind of, we are avoiding any kind of hardship we are avoiding any kind of discipline, any kind of self-discipline. There's no demand for self-discipline in our lives. No need for endurance. We are looking for the easy, comfortable way. It could be in anything, not just in our spiritual life, but even in our family life. Men that are coasting as husbands, women that are, whatever. Apply anything in there. Looking for that comfortable, I'm just, I just want to be, and I just want it to be about me, and I want to be comfortable. Another reason is because the sheep has too much wool. This is the most common. 
This is the most common reason. In fact, there's a guy, one more picture. Look at that. How do you like that? That's a lot of wool. <laughs> but when a sheep has a lot of wool, I mean, that's, what happens is that as they're walking, as they're, uh, as they're laying down, as they're drinking, as they're going through brush, and they're picking, listen to me, everybody look, they're picking up things along the way. And they're so, they're so, um, they're, they're, their wool is so thick and so puffy that they're just picking stuff up along the way. You know, in Scripture, and I'll let you go study it out, but I'll just tell you, in Scripture, wool depicts the old life of Christians. It's, it's symbolic of the old life. It's an outward expression of an, of an inner attitude within someone. I read this. It is significant to know that no high priest was ever allowed to wear wool when he entered into the Holy of Holies because this spoke of self and pride and personal preference and God could not tolerate it. Isn't that interesting? When we have that selfish ambition, that pride that we're gonna do it my way, our personal preferences of how we wanna do it, whatever, it's like, it's like this thick wool on us. And everywhere we go, we're picking up stuff. We're picking up stuff. And whatever we pick up adds to the weight of that wool. And at some point, it may not even be sinful stuff. It's just stuff. It could be attitudes. It could be... Th- but at some point, we're so weighted down that we're flat on our back and we're despairing. We're like, well, what's happening? Well, let's, let's pause. Of course, I guess pride and th- those things are sinful thoughts and actions and behavior. But my point is, it's not that obvious I left God's boundaries. It's those less obvious things. You guys know what I'm talking about? Those things that we can kind of hide. Oh, it's my wool. What? Of course, sheep hate being sheared. They don't like it. And it's hard work for the shepherd. But at the other end of that shearing, both the sheep and the shepherd are so glad. It's painful. It's a process but they're both so glad. The third thing is because a sheep is too fat. And you know, you think about fat sheep and the first thing that we think about is spiritually, when someone is spiritually fat, maybe they are, they have, they're in every Bible study, they're in every worship service, they're always in this, whatever. And they're prideful maybe in their, their religion. But I, I thought about this too, about how even like we are, we are, um, we are, let me just say it this way, we are financially fat. We're just, we're well-to-do. We've been making money. We've been doing well. And we don't have a need for anything. We used to pray for provision, but now I'm providing and now I don't have to pray. And all of a sudden, we're, we're, we find ourselves on our back and we're like, oh. And if we thought hard enough, it's, oh, I know why I'm in despair right now. Because I'm not happy like I thought I would be after earning that bigger paycheck. And you guys, you guys can come up with your own analogies, but those are the three top reasons why someone would find themselves cast, that place of despairing, that place of no hope, that place of, um, I don't know where to go from here. And the reality is, is that you need a shepherd to come and pick you up on your feet again. And I think, and I would think about in this room, that this is probably the greatest application to this sermon, that need to, that need for again. Maybe there's people in this room that are, they're on their backs and they're despairing. Maybe depressed. 
maybe anxious, maybe trying to figure out what, what is going on. You're on your back, and, and you are crying out for something. Can I tell you, if, if you've been crying out for anything other than the good shepherd to come and put you back on your feet again, to restore you, nothing else will work. Let's stand. What man among you, if his has a hundred sheep and has lost one of them, doesn't leave the 99 in the open pasture to go out for the one that he lost. When he finds it, lays it on his shoulder, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends, his neighbors, saying to them, rejoice with me. I have found my sheep that was lost. I have found my sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who need no repentance. Tonight, I want us to take communion. And I, don't, I can't even think of a better opportunity for saints who probably aren't in any kind of blatant sin so far outside of God's boundaries and hot wire fences that it's obvious like, whoa, but most of us in this room could easily be on our backs right now, cast down. Why so cast down? Oh, my soul. And maybe you've even said that. Maybe this has even been a, a verse that you've talked about or maybe you've said those words. Maybe you've been talking to your husband and say, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm just, I'm just so full of anxiety and fear. Or maybe husbands, you're, just, you're depressed and I don't know what's going on. I don't know why. I can't put my finger on it. The good news is, is that a good shepherd helps his sheep get back on their feet.